right. Praise the Lord. That was awesome. Hey, guys. I am I'm so glad to be here once again with you guys. If you weren't here last time I was here, my name is uh, Pastor Danny, and I'm from Bethel Assembly, and uh, it's so great to be here tonight, but I don't want to talk about myself too much. Can, can I ask the girls that are on the far right to just kind of hang out over here with us, and then uh, maybe you guys on that far uh, left can hang out over here with us, and then I don't have to be like all the way over there and all the way over there. We could just all just be one ha happy, tight family, and... Uh, you know, love each other closely. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I know that that doesn't necessarily go over well with people, but it's okay. So tonight I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be quick. I think I'm gonna be quick. I think we're gonna have some, some concentrated time of. There's chairs right here, guys. Some concentrated time of of prayer. Um, there was a theme throughout, uh, throughout worship today. I don't know if you noticed, but it was like, God, have your way with us. Holy Spirit, come. Let us become more aware of your presence. When you walk into the room, you change, th you change things. When you walk into the room, you revive things. And, um, and I, and I want to just speak along those lines uh, as I bring the word of God tonight. <clears throat> but I don't just want to talk to you. Like, I want to... I want to actually do that. Like, you know, you know how like you, you talk about like, you know, talk about like, oh, this would be cool if I could do this or I could do that. And then, then you like forget about it and then you don't do it. But when you actually do it, it's really, really cool. You ever, you ever experienced that? I want to experience that. Like, I don't want to just sing about becoming aware of his presence. I actually want to be in his presence and aware that he's close to me. You know what I'm saying? And so tonight, you know, I asked the keyboard player, I forgot your name. What is it? I asked Kat to stay up on the keys and, and I'm going to just let her stay there. You're just going to stay there the whole service. How about that? It's cool. <laughs> and, um, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna, I'm just gonna share something from the Word of God, and then I'm gonna just talk really quickly, really briefly, because I believe in this room, right? <clears throat> there are there are real situations in people's lives that maybe no one even knows about, like your mom, your dad. Don't even know what you're going through. Your friends, maybe your bestie, your best best friend has no idea because maybe you're too ashamed. To tell them, maybe it's too embarrassing. Maybe, maybe you're so confused, you just don't know what's going on. And so it's like, you just don't want to speak it because you think, maybe you think people will think you're a failure. Or maybe you think that, um, you know, it just, it's, just, it's just something not, not worth speaking about. But tonight, I, I want to I I gear you into a different place. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right? The Bible is really clear about that. And there is nothing that's too hard for him. There's nothing that's beneath him. Like, he will, he will address every single area of our lives. Like, that's the God that we serve. Amen? And so, I just want to pray real quick. I'm going to read from the Bible. I'm going to give you a couple of points. And then, at the end, I'm going to show you a little video. And then, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an altar call. I like, I'm, I'm big on altar calls, but I'm kind of like on the fence it's kind of weird. Like, I'm big on altar calls. I like people to come to the altar. 
Because the altar is a place of spiritual transaction. It's a place where you empty your heart to God and then God fills it. Right? That's what the altar is. It's a place of spiritual transaction. But in youth, in youth ministry, there's a culture of like, well, because that guy went up, I'm going up. Or because she went up, I'm going up. And that's not, that's not the necessary thing. Like, that's not, it's not cool to be at the altar all the time. It's cool when you're seeking God all the time. You hear me? And so I'm going to make an altar call, and I'm going to hope and pray that you, in the deepest part of your heart, want to reach out to God, and you want to speak with him, and you want to be personal with him, and you want him to do something in you. And so Luke chapter 18, if you have your Bibles, I got a little note. I, put it, I actually put it in my bag because it was a really cool note that someone wrote, someone in the leadership wrote to me when I walked in. It was a handwritten note about the goodies they gave me and thanking me for being here. And then at the end, I said, P.S., the only book that's going to be open tonight is the Bible. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So if you're on your phone, don't be on Instagram, Snapchat, or Facebook, or whatever it is you play. Let's get, let's get our Bibles out to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to read it. If you have it, just say amen. Anybody? If you have it, say amen. All right. Cool. So we're going to have, the, is, are we going to just have it up on the screen? Is that what we're doing? Okay. Here we go. I'm going to read. One day Jesus told the disciples a story to show them they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. And there was a widow of that city that came to him repeatedly. Everyone say repeatedly. All right, everybody say it now. Repeatedly. And she was saying to him, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. And the Lord said, listen, the Lord said, whenever you hear that, you should perk up your ears. Because the Lord is speaking, right? The Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? That's a sobering question, right? When the Son of Man returns, how many believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again? Let me see by a show of hands. Yeah, yeah, you could clap too if you want to, but yeah, right? Jesus Christ is coming back. The question that Jesus poses to the people he's talking to is, uh, um, Will the Son of Man find faith on earth? And he gives this, this story. And in this story, there's these two characters that are kind of uh, polar opposites. One is a judge and one is a widow. Okay? 
we put the slide for the judge. The judge is this, this, uh, this authority figure. When you think judge, you think authority, right? I mean, right away. Like anybody who walks into a courtroom, unless you have no decency or respect for the, for the, for the law or for the courtroom, you walk in quietly, you know that the judge is in charge. It's an authority. It's one who's able to, to make decisions. It's this person who's gone through all these different schools and different things to get these degrees, to learn these laws. And he's the one who has the power to make or break uh, your decision, your situation. Have you ever been in a courtroom before? How many? I hope it wasn't because you guys were bad. But I've been in, I've been in plenty of courtrooms, you know. And so when the judge walks in, all rise, the honorable blah, 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 standing. And we all rise and then sit down. And then he's talking and everyone's quiet. And if someone is talking out of turn, he's like, order in the court and blah, blah, blah. This guy who has all this power. And then we have this, girl, this woman who's a widow. So the, the widow, she's, she's the symbol of someone who's been abandoned. You know, you know what a widow is? A widow is a person whose spouse has been deceased. So in, in, in just simple terms, a widow has been abandoned. She's been left alone or he's been left alone. Uh, uh, one who is left without resources or security because, listen, uh, when, you, when, you, when you, you have a spouse one day, when you get married one day, I pray that all of you will have a spouse one day, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have this you want to get married too, right, Kat? You, were you just saying yes? I thought you were just saying yes. No? You're saying no? Are you confused? We're good. Okay, all right. She's good. She's good. I thought she was saying yes. I was like, Lord, just go ahead and send the guy right now in the name of Jesus. He might be sitting in this room right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, let's move on. Right, but when you're married one day, when you're married one day, you have the security of your spouse, whether it's a man or a woman, you have the security of your spouse, especially if it's a man. Because, you know, back in that day, you know, the man was the head of the house. And today he should still be the head of the house. But back in that day, he was the one who provided and he was the strength and he was the representation of the house. And this lady, she was the polar opposite. She had none of that. And so, when you read this, you start to think about these two polar opposites. And in that setting, the courtroom was not like this fine building, you know, like we walk into like in City Hall or whatever county you're from. Cook County, actually, that's where we're at right now. Right? It wasn't a fine building, but it was a, it was a tent that was moved from place to place. And the judge... Uh, he covered that whatever circuit, wherever he was on, and, and the judge was the law. Not the law. The judge was the one who decided things, okay? And he had his own agenda, and he, and he surrounded himself by assistance, and then anyone could see the proceedings from the outside, but only those who were approved and accepted could have their cases tried. So this usually meant that people would bring bribes to the assistants so that the judge would call their case. And so now you have this prestigious judge. You have this judge who has assistants around him and this barrier, right, that they're the ones who are bribing and taking money so that people can hear their, their cases and then they could get granted justice. Yet now you have this widow who's been abandoned, who's broke, who has no money, who, who can't fend for herself, and now she's coming before this guy every single day. Like... She, 
the odds were against her. She didn't have money to bribe. She didn't have the, uh, the security of a man to come up and represent her in the court. So there was a polar opposite. She was the one who was left alone in the world. She was left with all this responsibility. Who knows if she had children. She was abandoned in her circumstance. She was not, belt, not dealt the best situation. She, was, she, 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 she didn't have money. She didn't have a home. She, she, her nourishment, like her, her food, where, where was it going to come from? It, there was so much going on in this lady's life. And she had to, she had to overcome some obstacles. She was a woman first. That was an obstacle. Like the Me Too movement is real. It is. Some people take it overboard, but it is real. Right? Because this is a man's world, and the man don't look at women as equal. Right? And so that's not new. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Okay? That's not new. That was, in that day, it was like that too. Even worse. So she had to overcome that obstacle. She had no money. That was another obstacle she had to overcome. And she had no husband. And so it was like, wow, this lady, this, 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 I just picture this little lady, a firecracker of a lady. She's like, no, I'm going to get mine today. I'm desperate. I'm in need. There's something real in my life and in my heart that needs attention. And I don't care if I have to break all the rules. I don't care if I have to break all the modes. I'm going to get to the judge. I'm going to get to him. And the Bible literally says that the judge, right, I could just imagine, like, he's proceeding. He's, like, you know, listening to a case, and she's out there in the back door. Yo, judge, I need you to hear my case. I need some help today. You don't know what I'm going through. You're sitting pretty on that chair, but you don't know what I'm going through. Every day, twice a day, three times a day, wherever the tent was moved, that's where she was at. Because she needed justice. And I think about this. Because when she, she was in a place of real need, in a place of hurt, pain, she was in a place of desperate, uh, desperation. She was in a place where her need was real, and she was aware of her need. She was aware of her need. I wonder in this room how many of you are really aware of what you really need. I mean, yeah, life can be unfair, man. Listen, I get you. I've been through some really unfair situations. Very unfair situations. I was born and raised in Chicago. Went to Roberto Clemente. I'm from Logan Square, Humble Park. You call it wherever I'm at. That's where I was. I had some unfair situations. And those unfair situations, sometimes they cloud our vision. And they make us unaware of the real necessities that we really need in our hearts. And I admire this, this, this widow because this widow is like, she could have done all these other things, right? Like if you go see a psychiatrist or you go read a psychology book, like people say like, oh, you know, uh, she's acting like this because she needs this. And so she's 
she's, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's trying to compensate for her feelings and she's, so she eats a lot or, or she watches a lot of Netflix or she, or she, or she stays out late or she, or she goes into the bathroom and she cuts herself or she, whatever it is to numb the pain that she's really feeling. The psychologists, they say those things. They come up with all these real, like, life things that are going on in people's lives and they say, they, they adapt uh, these other behaviors because, you know, the things that emptiness that's in their hearts are trying to fill it with something else. But this lady, this lady was cool. I love what this lady did. Because she didn't allow, listen up everyone, don't be distracted. She didn't allow her circumstance and her situation to dictate the way she would approach the judge. You know what she did? She's like, yeah, my, my husband is dead. Yes, I'm broke. Yes, I'm ashamed to the, to, the, to, the, to the community because I have no husband. Yes, I'm a burden to them because in that culture, you, widows needed to be taken care of. So just imagine, I'm a freeloader, right? I'm on WIC and I'm on food stamps because that's, that's how I grew up. I, was on, I, I know what food stamps are. And I know what WIC is too. And sometimes you, you have that and you feel like you're less than. And you're embarrassed. And you go to the store. You, you go really late at night when no one, when no one is there so you can put the, the blue card in, right? Bam, boom, boom. And then you pay and then you get out. I've been there. Been there. I've done that. Not this lady, though. This lady was like... I need you to deal with my situation. That's it. What I need, you have. And so I'm going to bug you until you give it to me. So she was persistent. She was persistent. Can we put that up? Persistence. Firm. Obstinate. Continuance. In a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. She was just straight, listen, I know this is hard. I know I'm going to have to cut through all these people. I know that they want my money because I can't get my case heard first. Because they, if I pay them, and then I could. But I said, I don't have no money. I can't pay. So I have to sit there and wait all day. And maybe my case won't be heard. But I'm going to sit there and I'm going to let them know that I'm here. And she just kept being firm and kept being persistent and persistent and persistent. And eventually the judge was like, this lady is getting on my last nerve. And so I'm going to do what she asked because, man, I am, I'm tired. She is wearing me out. And so she grants him justice. She grants, the, she grants the widow justice. She grants the widow justice. Or he grants the widow justice. Here's what really happened here. Okay. What really happened here is that in the spiritual world, I'm going to just liken it to the spiritual world. What really happened here is that this woman, she, she grew up like every other woman. Right? She was married like, like all adult women or young adult women at that point. She was having a great life. And one day that great life, it changed. 
There was a circumstance in her heart. There was an emptiness in her heart. There was, there was a desperation in her heart. There was a void in her heart. And so what she does is she says, okay, what, what's going on in my life is unfair. I have this enemy right now. Bible says, she said about the, she said, grant me justice with my enemy. So she has this enemy who's coming against her. I don't know, Bible's not clear on what the situation was, but we know it was a bad situation, right? Because she needed justice. And so what she does is she exercises her right. And she speaks up before the judge. She takes action. As a Christian, listen up. As a Christian, you're a Christian in this room. And you belong to the most high God. Most powerful God. You're his son and you're his daughter. And you have an enemy. The correct action, the correct course of action... When the enemy is coming against you, is to go to your father. Is to exercise your faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? It's not as much as, listen guys, as much as, as talented as Kat is and as beautiful of a voice she has and uh, as talented as she is on the keys and Pastor Jason and all this, and this sister here, and they lead you guys in worship and stuff like that. You're going to win some battles through that. But the, the real battles and the real wars are won when you go to your father. Okay? It's good to worship God in a corporate setting. It's good. This is good. We get together and we worship Jesus and we celebrate Jesus and we sing songs about how when he walks into the room, everything changes. But listen, if he walks into an empty room, there's nothing to change. You got to be in the room. So look, Hebrews chapter 11. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. This is powerful. You should, you should memorize this verse. Put it up on your wall, on your mirror. Put it on your screensaver. Put it on your phone. Put it in your locker. I don't care if they call you crazy. Just put it up. It will serve you well. Because listen... We cannot be the type of Christians that say we believe, but then not really believe. We cannot be the type of people that say we have this great God that we serve, but then he can't do anything great for me. We have to be the type of people who actually believe what we say. What does it take? It takes faith. Without faith, any, right, it's impossible to please God. Like if you don't believe it, if you don't really believe it, you're not really pleasing God, guys. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists. And then he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So sincerely, earnestly, seriously, on purpose, right? Thoughtfully, 
Seek the Lord. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. Who seriously seek him. Like that widow. She was seriously going after the judge. And the judge was an unjust judge. He didn't want to grant her her request. He just did it because she was wearing him down. But our God, he wants to grant your request. Because he loves you. Because he's intimately acquainted with every detail of your life. And so he's saying, listen, believe in me and sincerely seek me. In other words, let us become more aware of your presence. What's the next line of that? Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Yo, we can't just sing a song like that and then leave the same. You, when you sing, let us become more aware of your presence, what you're really saying is, God, I want to feel you in my life, in my heart. I want to know that your presence is close to me. I want to be in your presence. I want to experience your glory, God. Right? That's serious. Like God's glory, that's serious. He shares that with the people that he loves. It's like, I'll reward you, but you got to seek me. I'll grant you justice, but you need to get my attention. I don't want to be the Christian that, that says, yeah, I go to youth group every Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whatever day. I don't even know what day it is. Today's Thursday. I go to church every Sunday. I serve. I play in, in the ministry. I do, I do all kinds of stuff. When was the last time you met with God? Oh, I met with him on Thursday. I was there, you know. I was doing my job. No. No. Working for God and meeting with God are two different things. He wants to meet with you. He wants you to be a person who's sincere about what you do in your relationship with him. How many of you have ever dated someone? Go ahead, raise your hand. Good for you guys. Not really good for you, but good for you. Maybe if, you're, maybe if you're older than 18, good for you. But if you're not, I'm sorry that you dated. Okay, how many of those people who did date are not dating now? See, told you. She don't even want to get married. So something went wrong there. I don't know. But anyways, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen. Listen. If the, if the person that you're dating is not seriously, seriously committed to you, how many know it's not worth dating them? There's no reward in that relationship. You understand? There's no reward. But, but let's take it now to you and God. Let's take it to the relational part of you and God. 
If there's no sincere seeking, if there's no serious seeking of God, if there's no going before God every day, if there's no trying to seek his face every day, if there's no being in his presence every day, tell me, tell me where the value is of that relationship. Bragging rights? Bragging rights? That we go to church, that we have, that we serve Jesus Christ. Bragging rights? There was these men in the Bible, they're called the sons of Sceva. They wanted to be like Paul. They wanted to be like Paul because they saw Paul and Paul was the man in the Bible. When you read that, that brother was bad. Right? He was anointed. He had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? And, and so these guys were like, yo, we want to be like him. And so they were like, yo, yo. So they went to rebuke some demons, right? And they got beat down. And you know what the demon said? He said, yo, Jesus we know and Paul we know. But who are you? Because you can't just say, in the name of Jesus, and then voila. No, there has to be a relationship with Jesus. There has to be a sincere seeking of God, right? And so, and so I'm trying to encourage you tonight because we can't be the Christians who say, we love Jesus, but we don't know who he is. You know? Hey, what's Christmas about? Gifts. The tree. Right? Can't be that. So look. There's a reward for those who sincerely seek the Lord. And this is what, talking about Paul, this is what, what he was saying to the Thessalonian church. In First Thessalonians, he said, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In other words, pray, 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 pray again, pray again, pray again, pray again, pray again, pray again. Don't stop praying. Well, Pastor Danny, that seems kind of redundant. Yes, it is. But you keep doing it. You keep getting on your knees before God. God, my heart is empty. Oh, but how could you be a Christian and still have an empty heart? It happens. My heart is empty. I struggle with, with my looks. I struggle with an eating disorder. I struggle with learning disabilities. I struggle with popularity. I struggle with peer pressure. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. All those things are real things. But you know, we bring them to the altar and we have a transaction with God. Not just this altar. There should be an altar in your room, in your, in your, when you're taking a shower, when you're, when you're studying. When, there should be an altar everywhere. God, I need you. I'm, I'm insecure. I'm fearful right now. God, I need you. I'm coming before you, God. You're the judge. You're the mighty God. I'm coming before you. He's saying pray without ceasing. Pray, pray, pray. Give it to God. Give it to God. A lot of times when we're hurt, we start crying and then we go talk to somebody about it. And, I, you know, youth are so popular. Uh, youth are so known for doing this, right? They'll go talk to the people that are the same age 
And the same, like, so if it's a girl who's 19, she'll go to a girl that's 19. Oh, you can't believe what this person did to me. I feel like this. And, and then that girl's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel like that. And I'm like, yo, you guys are both the same age. Why don't you go find somebody who's been through life? Like, why don't you go find some, some godly church mom? Or some dude that's been here for a while and has been through life. So he can teach you how to be a man. Right? Like, it's, con it's a constant going before God. It's a constant God, do something in my heart. God, I need you to do something in me. You're young now. If you get this now... When you're my age, you'll be way better than me. A lot further. You'll save yourselves a lot of heartaches and a lot of headaches. Because there's nothing more beautiful than a secure relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he is looking throughout the earth to see who's fully committed to him so that he can strongly support them. So that means you have to earnestly you have to seriously, you have to desperately seek the Lord. Not just like a little bit. Right? And so I have a few of my, uh, I have a few heroes in life. How many of you guys have any heroes in life? Anybody? Just a few. Cool. Don't judge me. Right? They're not like superheroes like Iron Man and stuff like that. I'm talking about like, like godly men and who have inspired my life. And one of them is one who just passed away not too long ago. His name is Billy Graham. Anybody heard of Billy Graham? Anybody? Okay, Billy Graham, for those who haven't heard of him, was probably the greatest evangelist in my time. And in probably uh, Pastor Jason's time and anyone who's older than me time. And he reached millions of people, millions. I'm talking about millions of people. Okay? Wherever he was, the city would stop to go see him. I mean, this guy was anointed. He was popular. He advised many presidents. He sat on many con congressional boards. And he was just anointed and chosen by God to be an amazing leader. And he did amazing things for God. Okay? And at the end of his life, they asked him a few questions. And I'm going to play this video. And then, we're gonna, and then I'm going to close. At the, end of the, at the end of his life, they asked him a few questions. And I want you to listen to what he says. Because you can learn. You can learn from this guy. Okay? Do we have that? Did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said? From a young age... That man, Billy Graham, he accidentally went to a meeting where the preacher of that meeting was a substitute. And the preacher of that meeting spoke a word from the Bible like we are tonight and made an altar call. And Billy Graham was the only guy who came up to the altar that day. He gave his life to Jesus radically. He began to preach the gospel from a young age. And then, and then, listen, 
And then his ministry just took off. And I'm telling you, when I'm telling you millions, I really mean millions. He went all over the world. He did great and mighty things for God. The, the heavens are filled with souls because of Billy Graham. However, at the end of his life, he says, I would have spent more time in intimate prayer with my God. Meditating on him. Learning the Bible. I would do it all different. See? You see how important it is to go before God? See how important it is? You can preach the lights out. You can minister the lights out. You can fill the heavens with souls. But if you don't spend that time with Jesus, you're going to be empty anyways. So tonight, I wonder how many of you are here in this room. And you have all these things going right inside in here right now. They, that no one knows. And you have access to this wonderful throne of grace. And God wants to spend time with you. And you're not exercising your right. He may, he may be just waiting for you to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I want to be in your presence. God, wash me. God, cleanse me. He might just be waiting for that to just pour, open the gates of heaven upon your life. Not just tonight. I'm going to ask you to do that tonight, but I want you to do it every night. So you can see who God really is. There's a song that says, uh, there's a verse of a song that says, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. Come be the fire inside of me. Come be the flame upon my heart. You know that song? You ever heard that song? Right? We can't be the people who just talk about God like he's not in the room. She opened up the service and she said, God is in this room. He's right here, right now. And he wants to be intimate with you. And he wants you to open your heart and go before the judge. Grant me justice, Lord, whatever that justice is that you need. So come on and stand with me. Worship team, if you come, it would be awesome. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you guys the opportunity to, to, to maximize this Thursday night. Not by coming to the altar so that I can pray for you. Nope. But by going to a place where you can meet with Jesus. And start to really... Like close your eyes, meditate on your own life, on the things that are frustrating you, on your circumstances, where you're at in life, and where you want to be and start to talk to your maker, to Jesus Christ. Can we do that tonight? How many of you can do that tonight? Praise the Lord.
So this is it. This is the altar call. You can either come here, you can go to the corner, you can go to that corner, you can sit in your chair, wherever you want. But we're going to spend the next five minutes or so. It's early. It's 8.13. Right? It's early, right? Yeah. 8.30 we leave. All right. So we got 17 minutes. Praise God. Usually I run late, so I'm good. But I want you guys to meet with God. Who wants to meet with God? Let's do it. You're free to go wherever you need to go to meet with God. Stay in this room. Don't go to the bathroom.